I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and this is the biggest game in Arizona football history. Probably not. But it feels that way because if Arizona doesn't beat Colorado, I would say what, like uh, Washington State at Washington State is probably not a winnable game, though you never know. Cal would probably be the other winnable game on the schedule. But you can make a very legitimate, easy argument that should Arizona lose to Colorado, you are looking at an 0-12 season. It is a very real possibility um, and it's not something that we should take lightly and say, oh, there's no way Arizona will go winless this season. Uh, nope, there's a pretty easy path <laughs> to going winless. Uh, it started, and, and I don't want to talk about the QB issue too much, but that's how it started. Uh, I mean, I, I've said this before. I would have easily, no hesitation, picked Arizona to win this football game if Jordan McLeod was the quarterback. And I don't want to sit here and crap on Gunnar Cruz being the quarterback, who knows? I mean, maybe we see BYU Gunner Cruz where, yeah, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does enough to put Arizona in a position to win. And I think that's something that I want to be clear with with Cruz is Arizona is not expecting him to come out and throw for 400 yards and go Khalil Tate, but with passing against Colorado. It ain't happening. What they want is for him to be able to work the perimeter screen game, not turn the ball over, and just run the offense. Kind of like a point guard that isn't a scoring point guard. It doesn't have huge numbers, but you kind of just want him to run the offense effectively. That's what Gunnar Cruz is this weekend. Don't turn the ball over. Make the easy pass, the easy decision, and Arizona has a very real chance of winning this game. If Gunnar Cruz goes out and says, you know what, I got I to gotta lead my team to victory, put him on my back, it is going to fail miserably. He's not that type of quarterback. This isn't that type of system. Arizona doesn't need that approach. It will not work. For as bad as Colorado is offensively, it's not a bad defensive team. Doesn't force a lot of turnovers, but there is some talent on defense. It's it's not as if Colorado is going to go and Arizona is going to you know run rough, rough shot offensively. The issue for Colorado will be with their offense and the fact that it's pretty much one of the, the bottom three offenses in the entire nation. Like, as bad as you think Arizona's offense is, Colorado's has been worse this season. Uh, the difference is that, you know, Colorado has some very real talent on the offense, which we'll get to in a second, but um, it has not played well at all this season. But in terms of Arizona being able to win the game, I know I'm kind of starting big picture and then go a little individualized, but... In terms of Arizona being able to win the game, the recipe is pretty simple. Have a balanced offense. Don't turn the ball over. Contain those stupid penalties that they had against UCLA and all that. And, and really, this isn't the type of game where, like, you know, when, when Arizona played UCLA, you're like, okay, Arizona needs to do this and spectacularly to win this game. That's the only way Arizona can win. 
against Oregon, they're going to have to do this, this, and this, and these things are going to go have to go wrong. I don't think Arizona needs to do anything special to beat Colorado. I think it could beat Colorado by playing a sound football game, which we've seen at times happen for three quarters, only for it to fall apart in the fourth quarter. If Arizona can put a sound football game for four quarters, it can beat Colorado. 16 points, 19 points, as bad as that is, might be enough in this game. That's how Colorado's offense has played. Now, if Arizona goes out and scores 28 points somehow, um, it's it's probably going to win this game. Bill Connolly has the S&P on ESPN where it's analytics and all that. It predicts Colorado to win by three points and for it to hit the over, 28-25. If Arizona scores 25 points, I I really think it wins this game. I, I really do. Uh, and, and, you know, 25 points isn't a lot, but I think in a world where, um, you know, Arizona's defense is, is plays relatively well and doesn't choke, Arizona should be able to win this game by scoring 25 to 28 points. Colorado's schedule overall uh, is an interesting one. Um, you know, beat Northern Colorado, destroyed them 35 to 7. That same Northern Colorado team beat NAU, if you believe in that stuff. Lost to Texas A&M 10-7, a game that they really could have won. That was the game where Calzada, the Texas A&M quarterback, was kind of thrown into the game um, in, in one of those situations where they probably didn't really open up the offense. I think if A&M and Colorado played this weekend, uh, it would be a complete blowout. Then they go against Minnesota and lose 30 to nothing, which is brutal. Then 35-13 to to ASU and 37-14 to um, against USC. Those 37-14... 35 to 13, 30 to nothing, never in any of those games. Uh, just a flat out bad offensive effort. So if you're doing the math, um, they scored uh, 14 points in their first three games and they scored 27 in their last two. And some of that was in garbage time. So this offense um, is going to struggle. Basically, the difference between Arizona and Colorado this year is that Colorado beat their Division II team and Arizona did it. That's really uh, in terms of overall. Uh, schedule that's the biggest difference the the thing that i was referring to before with colorado's offense really starts at the fact that brandon uh, brendan lewis is the quarterback and the thing that's interesting about brendan lewis is i thought there was a chance during colorado's bye week that they would go in a different direction and play drew carter at quarterback and when you look at brendan lewis's numbers you kind of wonder what drew carter can't do now they're both freshmen um you know drew carter is the backup 6'3", 195, has good size, but really just can't get in the game. The guy is Brendan Lewis. Unless Colorado's pulling a fast one, he is going to be the quarterback for this game. His numbers, I don't want to jinx myself here, jinx Arizona, but his numbers are horrific. He has 475 yards. It's 122nd in the country. He has two interceptions to two touchdowns, and his QB rating is 23.7. All right, just as... A comparison for all those at home listening to this, whatever it may be, I think Gunnar Cruz is a bad quarterback. He has double the QB rating of Brendan Lewis. He's two times the quarterback in terms of QB rating than Lewis is. Lewis's biggest danger is not through the air. And honestly, it sounds really familiar the way that Lewis plays. He hesitates throwing the ball, similar to Cruz. He's slow on his release, similar to Cruz. And he kind of makes these weird decisions when you take a look at his completion percentage he played great against northern colorado by far his best game of the year 10 of 15 102 yards and a touchdown 
Texas A&M, 13 of 25 for 89 yards in a pick. Not good, but he ran for 76 yards on nine carries, which 8.4 yards carry, fantastic. Minnesota, 8 for 16 for 55 yards, seven carries for negative 27 yards. They were all over him. ASU, 7 of 17, only 67 yards, 39 yards rushing, but on 10 attempts. And then USC, 10 of 17, 162 yards, pick and a touchdown, negative 13 rushing yards. The recipe to beat Colorado and contain its offense is pretty simple in terms of the passing game. You want to keep Lewis in the box, make him read the defense and make decisions. Yeah, you want to be aggressive, but in a way you don't want to be too aggressive because then he's going to be able to run on you. Um, He is not a very good decision maker. He has a decent arm, but the problem is that he's not able to process things quick enough in order to show off that arm. Uh, You know, in USC, for instance, yeah, he had 162 yards, but 65 of those came on one play. So you're talking 9 of 16 for 100 yards before that big pass. Um, He's been sacked 15 times in five games. Texas A&M sacked him once. Uh, USC 5, ASU 3, Minnesota 4. At the end of the day, if Brendan Lewis beats you with the passing game, you tip your hat to him. And he's because he's not the type of quarterback, like similar to what I said about Cruz, he's not the type of quarterback to say, you know what, get on my back, I'm going to lead us to victory. That's not even what Colorado wants him to do. It's not what Colorado needs him to do. Um, It's not what he's built to do. Uh, He's not a very good quarterback. He's only a freshman. And if you're Arizona, what you got to think Don Brown is going to do is throw some unique things at him. Um, ASU is probably the closest to unique packages that they've seen in terms of defense. But if you're Don Brown, you're thinking, we're going to blitz this guy from different angles. We're going to attack them. We're going to show him different disguise coverages and things like that. Because the more that we can make Lewis think, the worse he's going to do. When you don't make him think, he has a chance to go. So if they say this weekend, Colorado does, hey, let's go make him an athlete. If you're in trouble, go take off. It gets interesting. Um, if, you know, and, and so if you're Arizona, you almost say to yourself, look, we can stop. And their corners are great. Arizona's corners are good enough. The passing defense is good enough to stop Brendan Lewis. The biggest concern with him is getting outside of the box and being able to run the ball. Offensively as a whole, uh, the biggest concern by far, uh, you know, I, I joked on Twitter, uh, Jetfish has his presser um, on, on a Thursday, had another presser, and I joked that the strategy for beating Colorado was stopping the run. After that, it was containing the run. And after that, it was making sure that the run doesn't kill you. Uh, Arizona's defensive strategy is very simple. Jarek Broussard is, he was a Pac-12 player of the year last year. Yeah, it was a shortened season, all that, whatever it may be. But he had 60 carries. Um, sorry, he had 156 carries for 895 yards and five TDs. All right, he ran for 300 yards against Arizona. 300 yards. And it's a different system and all that, but it's still 300 yards. This year, the biggest issue that he's had is that Colorado's offensive line has not been very good. And he's not the type of back that is going to make you pay without a solid offensive line in front of him. And if the offensive line is going to struggle, then Broussard is going to struggle, and that's exactly what we've seen. Northern Colorado was his best game of the year with 94 yards and a touchdown. Texas A&M, 50 yards, a touchdown. Minnesota, 5 carries, 8 yards. ASU, 12 for 35. USC, 16 for 68. 
He's not a big catching threat either. He only has four catches. The thing with Broussard is if Arizona can build any type of lead, Colorado goes away from him because they just, they're not built to come back. So his highest carries of the season is 16. Had 12 against ASU, 5 Minnesota, 12 A&M, 15 Northern Colorado. He's not going to be this workhorse that gets 20 carries a game. And he's also a little bit small at 5'9", so he's not necessarily built for that. But if, if, if Arizona comes out and Broussard has run for 75 yards on 15 carries, I would be really surprised if that's a loss for Arizona. It's going to be the type of effort where, like last year, where I'm not saying they need 300 yards from him uh, to win the game, but you know, you compare his numbers to last year, he had 301 yards and 25 carries against Arizona, 124 against San Diego State, 121 against Stanford, 187 against UCLA, 80 against Utah, but on only 14 carries, and then 82 yards and two touchdowns uh, against Texas. He is a legitimately good back, but his offensive line has really struggled. When they go away from Broussard, that's only because they're going to Alex Fontenot, who has 43 carries uh, of his own. A little bit bigger of a back at six foot 205, but he's another guy. Eight carries against Northern Colorado, 12 against AM for 39 yards. Minnesota, he only got three because they were getting blown out. ASU, 14 for 65 and a touchdown. That was solid. And then USC, six carries for 12 yards. Also not a big threat out of the backfield. Um, had four receptions. The biggest thing that you want to do, and you know, you take, I take a look at the ASU game. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. That game probably wasn't as close. Um, you know, it's 35 to 13 in a final. That was more of what it was throughout the game. Uh, the biggest thing that Colorado did was they ran the ball with Fontenot, with Lewis, with Broussard. 44 carries, 183 yards. They're going to run the ball more than they pass the ball. Uh, if not, they've screwed up. Um, they have another back, Ashad Clayton, who's a freshman. He'll get, you know, three or four carries against ASU. He had seven. Northern Colorado get eight. Um, but they're going to lean on their run game. There's no doubt about it. Should Lewis go back to pass, um, really there's a, a couple guys that he's going to be targeting. The first guy that uh, that he's going to be targeting is uh, Brady Russell, the tight end. He's, he's a concern in this game. Typical tight end, 6'3", 255. He only has 124 yards passing. 87 of those came against USC. He was the one that had the, the long pass of 65 uh, yards. But then 10 yards, 20. ASU didn't do anything. Um, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. Daniel Arias Jr., 6'4", big guy. It wouldn't be a surprise if their passing strategy is basically to throw it up against Arizona's corners. I don't think it'll work against Christian Wallace, but Rutherford is a little smaller. You have a guy like Arias at 6'4", but can he go and get the ball is basically what they're going to find out. Had a catch against USC for 18, three against AM, one for Minnesota. Only has five catches this whole year. Brendan Rice, guys know him, only eight catches for 61 yards. And the thing is, there's talent at wide receiver. Like Dimitri Stanley, you take a look at what he's done, for instance. Um, you know, he's got eight catches for 58 yards. Well, last season, he had 20 catches for 335 yards. He had 126 against Stanford. And, you know, you just overall take a look. Even Sam Neuer, you know, in the passing game last year had 12 completions. Well, you know, Stanley, uh, Levante Chenault, who's not playing because of suspension, Katie Nixon, who's gone. Um, but, you know, there's talent at wide receiver. It's just the fact that they can't really get the ball. Like, this isn't a, a complicated offense because Lewis can't run 
a, a, a complicated offense, basically. He's going to do the simple thing and get the ball out to the wide receivers. There's going to be a few times where they kind of throw it up and tell him to go get him. Um, it hasn't worked very well against Arizona this season. The corners have done well. But in the passing game, the nickel, whoever plays nickel, Stukes, uh, whoever it may be, is probably going to be challenged. Do they put Christian Roland Wallace at nickel and put Stukes at corner like they've done before if Rutherford is healthy, which he's expected to be? They have options, especially if they do what I think they're going to do, which is trying to get, not necessarily get exotic, but try to confuse a quarterback that has had trouble all season reading opposing defenses. Defensively, Colorado's good, but it also goes back to the same issue that Arizona has where the defense may be better than we think. The problem is that the offense can't figure it out well enough to show that off. Um, you know, Colorado's defense is Nate Landman. He is a monster. He is one of the best linebackers in the country, as good as it gets in terms of college football linebackers. Feels like he's been in college forever because he, he kind of has, but you know, 2018, 104 tackles. 2019, uh, 114 tackles. Last season, 53. This season already, 46. Um, you know, he'll he, he'll get three, four sacks a season. He doesn't have a sack yet this season, um, which is kind of a surprise, but uh, he is as good as it gets. I mean, he, he is, there's not enough good things I could say about him. If, you know, if you were drafting a defense in the Pac-12, he'd be up there with anyone. 6'3", 235, prototypical linebacker, really good player, leader of the defense. Uh, another player on Colorado's defense that I like is the other linebacker, Carson Wells. He, he's had a slow start with eight tackles this season and one sack. He hasn't had the numbers necessarily, uh, but he's good. He'll, he'll be there, and if Arizona's going to run the ball, you're going to hear his name quite a bit. I wouldn't be surprised because of the number of plays that Arizona likes to run if he gets his season high in tackles. Uh, Colorado's corners are probably a little underrated. They have a freshman, Christian Gonzalez, uh, who's pretty good. 6'2", 200 pounds, good size. Um, doesn't have an interception yet this season, but has done a nice job uh, overall in terms of pass, you know, breaking up the passes and, and overall coverage. They're not a turnover team. Uh, the other corner is Mekhi Blackman at six foot. Um, he has a pick this season, but... Um, kind of going back to what I said, this isn't a team that's going to go out and force uh, a ton of turnovers. It's just, it's not their style this year. Um, they, sacks, they only have, um, sorry, they only have five of them all season, which is not obviously uh, an impressive number. Force fumble, they force three, they've recovered two, and then interceptions, uh, they have one. If Arizona is able to take care of this ball, they should be fine offensively. Um, that's a big if, you know, and it sounds stupid because I say it every week, but if Arizona turns the ball over and they can't stop the run, they're going to lose. If they can stop the run or contain the run, I should say, and, and take care of the ball, they have a very good chance of winning this game because the pure talent on Colorado is in a situation where, you know, like UCLA, where they have so many weapons that, yeah, you can shut down DTR like they did, but they still have you know, two running backs and a giant tight end slash wide receiver and Greg Dulcich where there's still plenty of talent to go to. Colorado's not like that. There's a couple guys on offense. There's a couple guys on defense. Mark Perry has played well at safety with 28 tackles. Quinn Perry, another linebacker. Isaiah Lewis at safety. There's some talent on the defensive side of the ball. They're athletic on the defensive line. Mustafa Johnson naturally comes back a few weeks before playing Arizona, so he'll be back. Um, they have Terrence Lang. Uh, now Rodman, sorry, Naeem Rodman. So they have talent. Um, Rodman leads the team with two sacks. He's probably the guy to watch out for 
on the defensive line. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Josh Donovan uh, is questionable. It, it's a game-time decision. Should he not play, Josh Baker will get in there. Uh, Josh Baker is a solid offensive lineman, but has also been pretty inconsistent this season, so you don't really necessarily know what you're going to get um, from him. So, I mean, look, it, it's the game. This feels like one of the more straightforward games of the season. Um, in my Colorado preview, I, uh, I picked Arizona to lose the game. Um, I'm trying to remember the score, but I picked Arizona to lose the game because at the end of the day, I just can't trust Gunnar Cruz to be able uh, to score enough. Boulder, it's family weekend. Um, it's, it's a day game. It's going to be a great environment. Uh, I picked Colorado 17, Arizona 13. Obviously a low-scoring game. It is a little interesting that the over-under in Vegas is pretty much double of what I predicted. Um, I'm guessing, you know, when you take a look at the teams that Arizona and Colorado have faced, they've actually faced good defenses. Um, and, and so that's something that maybe Vegas has in mind, or there's going to be a lot of possessions in this game. You get the feeling there's going to be some three and outs, obviously, so more possessions than normal. But even though I picked Arizona to lose, don't get me wrong, this is a very winnable game. This is a very winnable game where if Arizona wins, I don't think anybody would really be shocked or anything like that. I'm sure, you know, when you have a 17-game losing streak, there's a little surprise when a team wins, but it's not as if you're going into the game saying Arizona has no chance. The game, and I hate to say it and put it on one person, it comes down to Gunner Cruz. Can Gunner Cruz lead this offense to enough points? You assume against one of the worst offenses in the country that Arizona's defense will generally be fine. Let's say it gives up 21 points. Let's be flattering to Colorado and say it gives up 21 points. There comes a time where Arizona needs to be able to score 21 points in a football game. And Jed Fish says it's not lost in him. They need to score more points. Yes, it is time to score more than 19 points in a football game. And if Gunnar Cruz can play within himself and be confident, that's the biggest thing. Like he comes off as a really confident kid, but when you're in the game and you're watching him play, he's not. You're bouncing screen passes because he's not confident enough to get the ball out there. He's holding on to the ball because he's scared of making a mistake. He has to be confident within himself. And what I'm guessing is it'll be similar to BYU where they make easy reads. The check down going to be a big play with, with Rocker, Wiley, Anderson. I kind of think Rocker's going to have a bigger role uh, this week. But you're going to see check downs. You're going to see quick screens to Barry Hill. You're going to see Joyner, I think, get a little action. I don't know how much, but you're going to see him in a bigger role this weekend, most likely. It's not going to be, hey, Gunner, throw the ball 40, down, 40 yards downfield and let's go to work. If he can run the offense and do so effectively and confidently, Arizona will win this football game. It's really that simple. It's not going to be a shootout. There's no way. So I don't like putting the pressure on one guy. I don't know if he can do that. I'm not extremely confident, which is why I picked Arizona to lose. Um, also, I want credit if Arizona does win. We'll call it the sheer jinx and be off with it. So those are my thoughts on the game. It's going to be an interesting one because, again, if Arizona loses it, it could get pretty ugly the rest of the season. So once again, thank you for joining me. Jason Shear, this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday, hopefully after an Arizona win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 